Welcome back, shalom, shalom, everybody. It's your host with the most, and I like cheese toast. A little bit of tomato sauce on the side, you feel me? But that's another day, another topic. I'm glad that y'all tuning in again. Pray for a great turnout on this video. Here to talk to y'all today about uh the reason why you want to be rich and what you want to be rich for. You know, the acronyms to my podcast is Ready for War, R4W. But this is rich for what? R4W. You feel me? What you want to be rich for? We'll pull some scriptures out, that question, and give you a little background why we shouldn't want to be rich. And then I can give, I'm going to give you all some scriptures about why money is good and how we can obtain it and things like, like that. All scriptural based, baby. Let's jump right into it. Book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 24. I just hit my arm, sorry. It says right here. No man can serve two above all, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve Elohim and Mammon. King James, it is say, you know, God and Mammon. Other versions translate Mammon into money. So you can't serve the Most High. You can't serve money at the same time. It don't work like that. It's either one or the other. If you for the Most High, you ain't chasing money. If you chase the money, you ain't for the most high. That's just what it is. Scripture just said it, you know, um, if all you do is wake up every day, your first thing on your mind is, I need some paper. Get the almighty dollar. You just call it almighty. That's your God. That's your idol. That's your deity. Money rules the world around me. You know, cash rules everything around me. That cream, you know. We got to be careful of these sayings because they, they translate into our lives and that's what we become. People that chase after meaningless dollars with white men on them that didn't like us and created a country to be against us forever. And that's what we kill each other over. That's what we rob and steal and, you know, rob and steal from each other over. But if you're chasing the most high, man, you're not focused on that because whatever he allows you to do and bless your hands to do it's going to bring money with it just like Solomon for example when he when he asked to when the most I asked him what did he want and he prayed for knowledge wisdom and understanding and to be able to go in and out to people know how to talk to people most I said because you didn't ask for money I'm going to give you some money I'm going to give you the kingdom I'm going to give you everything you asked for and so a whole bunch more so we got to figure out who we serving you know scripture does say Choose this day who you going to serve. I choose to serve the Most High. You see? Right here. Yahuwah. Repping it. The Bible is black history. You feel me? That's every day for me. I choose to serve the Most High as best as I can. I ain't perfect. I fail and I see and I'm the worst person I know. I promise. But I am striving every day to be the best version I can for the Father. And I, ain't, I can't be focused on money. I've had my days where I am, but... More days than not. Nowadays, I'm not. I'm not focused on. It. I'm gonna pray about it and let it go. Serve the Most High. Let's keep it going. Matthew chapter 25. Man. Hope y'all understood that. Can I serve the Most High and money at the same time? It's one or the other. Matthew chapter 25. All right. We're gonna read. 
verses 34 through 46. Alright, it says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Master, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came unto you? And the king shall answer them and say unto them, I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. We're going to take a minute right there and we're going to recap all of that. Messiah said, You came unto me, you gave me food when I was hungry, you gave me drink when I was thirsty, you clothed me, you gave me a place to stay, you came to visit me when I was in jail and I was sick. You know, you looked out for me. And they're like, yo, we ain't never did that for you. But he said, when you do it to the least of my brethren, the least of his brethren are the homeless folk out here, the poor folks that don't have it all. You know, the ones that are actually out here in real poverty. You know, don't look at them as just being lower than everybody. You're supposed to help them, especially if you are in a higher class than they are. You know what I'm saying? And socially, you 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 give unto them people. And you give unto the Father and the Messiah when you do those things. But a lot of people look at people like that. Regular people. I remember going into the liquor store one day to grab me some wine. And I come out, and it's a homeless lady outside. You can tell she she been outside, you know what I'm saying? It's like a legit thing. And I'm talking to her, just giving her some time, to, you know, to talk. Because, you know, the Bible says you may entertain angels unaware. So who knows if she was or not? I don't know. But I was talking to her, and it was literally like a, a woman walking behind her. And she looked at me and was like, don't believe her, don't believe her. And it's like... Why are we doing this? Why you wouldn't even give this woman five dollars? I just gave her five dollars. You wouldn't even you're not even thinking about doing it. It's like for what? For what? You're not even rich and you got more than what this woman got. And you can't spare her five. You about to go spotty spend whatever you about to spend on one, two, maybe three bottles. And some to chase it with. You can't look out for people, but you out here wanting to get rich. What you want the money for? Probably some selfish reasons, man. You can't look out for those that are lower than you. Can't be there for folks. When you got it, you're not going to have it, man. Let's keep on going. Though. I ain't done with the, uh, the chapter I was trying to bring out here. It says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Depart for prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Master, when did we see you hungry, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto you? Then shall he answer them, saying, I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. 
and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into, into eternal life. You know you can go to hell for being selfish, for not sharing your wealth. In my last video, Frenemies, I spoke about setting your friendships right. If you're coming into some wealth, and you got some friends around you that are still struggling, they should, you should be able to help them. Get them on their feet or get them in position so they can make something happen for themselves. Not just be a standby and just watch them like, yo, I did it by myself. You should, you could do it too. That's not helping. That's not love. And you're not doing nothing for that person. Scripture talk about that too, man. Talking about you have food or clothing for somebody to have and when they ask you for it, but you talking about, I don't have it. I'll pray for you. What are you doing for that person? They've been praying for some help. And you the one that's supposed to help them. And you talking about, I'm going to pray for you. People sickening when they do stuff like that. You got all this money or you want all this money, but you're not even thinking about trying to help nobody with it. All you want to do is go more than likely buy some worldly stuff to please your flesh, whether it be a big house, nice car, whatever. But it's... It's... There's no reason to have money if you ain't thinking about helping the next man. Make sure that they can stay alive the next for the rest of the day. Or help them see the next day, you know what I'm saying? Messiah said it himself. You 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 can't help out somebody. You gonna and you being selfish at that, you not trying to help people out at all. You know people in jail, you don't even take a chance to go visit them. You'd rather just say, post a picture and say, free my dog. You know you can go to hell for that? You know there's a form of selfishness too? You got free time to do everything else in the world, but you can't go see your boy that you posting about? That's in the same state, possibly even the same city as you? Come on, man. What you want to be rich for? Let's go on over to Mark, man. Mark, chapter 8. Verse 36 and 37. It says right here. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What what what, what should you gain for giving up your soul? What what you could what could you possibly get out of this world that is valuable enough? To exchange for your soul. Because all of this stuff is temporary. We all know that you can't take nothing out of this world when you die. Why would you give up your mind, your will, your intellect, your soul? Your intellectual properties. Give up your morals. Your free will. For materialistic uh, pleasures. For positions of power that you're not going to have forever. What is all this for? You you set you set your family up for generations to come. They following your footsteps. They all probably gonna go to hell because of you. You set the wrong example. It's just like the white people today that that benefit off of the 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 enslavement and the the systematic oppression that their forefathers put together to be against us. So now they're just reaping the benefits. They all got good credit. It's easy for them to do whatever they want to do. Everything's okay in a green light. And they talking about racism was so far long ago and slavery was so long ago. When just a couple years ago, 
it was discovered in Alabama that they still had some people enslaved on the plantation. Legally. So it's like, what, do you, what, what could you possibly give your soul up for in this world, man? What would you even want? A hell cat? Because that's where you're going, cat. You're going straight to hell. You sell your soul. There's guys out here that sell their soul to make it in the industry, more than likely music and movies. And we know they're worshiping the devil. They're not going to heaven. I don't even know if I'm going, but I'm definitely going to, I definitely can see if somebody is chilling and being cool with all the demonic stuff that's going on, they probably going there. They done sold out to be this person, to become a star. You know, and they, they say stars and nothing but burning gas. They just burning out. That's all it is. You sell your soul to burn out. You going to hell after this. You're going to have the time of your life here. Be miserable doing it because you you can't enjoy life how you, you know you want. Because you got everything, but you can't be happy. Because you know you got an ending to all of this. People that sell their soul to the devil must not fear the most high enough. If the devil is real, then you should know that God is real. Then you should know he trumps the devil. But people still sell out because they just got to please their flesh. So ask yourself, is it worth being rich? Got some more to read, man. We're going to stay in Mark another chapter. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. Verses 17 through 27. And the reads as follows. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked, Good rabbi, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Yahushua said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one. That is Yahuwah. You know the commandments. Do not break wedlock. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said unto him, Rabbi, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Yahushua said, Beholding him, Beholding him loved him, and said unto him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. Come, take up your cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Yahushua looked around, looked round about and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of Yahuwah, or heaven? How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of the Most High? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Yahushua answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of Yahuwah? It is easier for a rope to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of Yahuwah. Do y'all hear this? And they were astonished, out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Yahushua, looking upon them, said, With men, isn't, with men it is impossible, but not with Yah, for Yah, for with Yah all things are possible. So, there was a certain man that walked up to the Messiah, asked him, yo, how can I get eternal life? How can I get into heaven? Well, the Messiah said, well, you know the law, keep the commandments, you know. And he laid out some commandments. And he like, yo, I kept all those since I was a child. 
He so he think like he good. And Messiah loved him. And he said, well, I got something against you. Because ain't nobody perfect. He like, I got something against you. He like, go give up all your money. Go give up all your possessions. And then come follow me. You know, kill yourself daily and be become a new person. Come follow me. Take up your cross. Is what it said. And he went away grieved. Because he like, yo, why I got to give up all my stuff? Think about a rich man today. They got the house, got the cars. You know, he got the lifestyle that he want. Do whatever he want. But he been keeping the commandments, right? And the Messiah like, yo, give up all you got. Give up them, them, them Lamborghinis and Ferraris. Give up them mansions you got. You know, give that money to the poor people. And come live your life like a modest, humble man. And he come like, nah. That's basically what he did. And the Messiah said, how hard is it for a rich person to get into heaven? People that trust in their riches here on earth, how hard is it for them to get into heaven? Again, I ask the question, what do you want to be rich for? The Messiah said a rich man has a harder time than a rope going through the eye of a needle. Other versions say a camel, a camel, yo, has an easier time to walk through the eye of a needle, like a needle for surgery. A camel can walk through that. Before a rich man get into heaven. When you rich, you don't want to give that up. You have the, the, the bread of life. You have the butter of life. You got everything that everybody wants. The money. To be able and the, the power to be able to do what you want. Who wants to give up that? I know rich people don't. But I know if you, you don't have it. And you start off from the bottom. And you humble yourself and you, you keep that mentality and that, that same focus. Most High could definitely bless you with some money. And he know that you could be trusted with it to do the right things with it, which is to look out for folks. I'm not saying help every single person, you know, not every single body that you know. But the poor that you see, you know, when you drive down downtown or just in the hood, them homeless folks out there pushing them boogies. With all the cans and stuff, they clothes, whatever they got, you could definitely toss them some money and you ain't gotta put it on camera. Cause the most high is the only one that needs to be seeing it anyway. He said when you give unto the poor, you give unto me. The Messiah just said it too. So it's like, what you wanna be rich for? <laughs> to have great possessions mean you possibly going to hell. You possibly sold your soul to get those possessions. So it's like, what do you truly want to even be rich for? Answer that question. We're going to keep on going, man. Got two more uh, chapters to look into, and then I'm going to give some, some verses on how money is good. To an extent, at least, you know. Let's go on over to the book of Luke. Chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 19 through 31. All right. All right. Pay attention, y'all. Pay attention. <clears throat> it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Eleazar 
which was laid at his gate, full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Avram's bosom. And the rich man died also and was buried. And in Sheol he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seized Abraham afar off and Eleazar in his bosom. So I'm going to just stop right here. Catch everybody up to speed if you're not understanding. There was a rich man, lived wealthy. He was in the finest clothes, said he was in purple and fine linen. And he lived, and he fared sumptuously every day. You know, he lived great every day. And there was a rich man, and a poor man that lived at the gate of his estate. Living outside the gate, on the ground. Poor man who just wanted the crumbs off your table to eat. Couldn't even get that from this rich man, right? There was dogs that came over and licked his sores. and He was the epitome of a poor man, a poor homeless man. And this man would stand outside the gate of a rich man's house, and he didn't even help him. They both eventually died. Poor homeless man went to heaven. Rich man went to hell. Let's keep reading. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Eleazar that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that the thing, remember that you in your lifetime received the good things, and likewise Eleazar evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from this. So, I'm going to break this down again. So, the rich man is looking up into heaven. He sees Abraham, and he sees the poor man with Abraham. And he's like, yo, send the poor man to dip his finger in some water to cool my tongue, yo, because it's so hot. This goes back to the last chapter and verse that we read. Out of the book of Mark. You know. He's like. I need. I need you to, to help me basically. He's like. Uh, Abraham's like yo. You had the, the stuff in your lifetime. You had all the riches in your lifetime. And you didn't do nothing with it. You didn't do nothing good. And this man. He received all the evil. The whole, he received all the evil things. That the world had to give him. During his lifetime. And now he gets to dwell in a mansion in heaven while you get to dwell in the, the pits of hell. Again, a rich man has a hard time getting into heaven. That's what the it said in Mark. This rich man didn't get into heaven. And you see why. Because he wasn't even trying to help the poor man right outside his own fence, his own gate, his house. This man, you see him all the time. And you don't help him. At all. You not making it into the kingdom, bro. Account of just that one person alone, possibly. This is an example. He is in torment. Asking for a, a little bit of water. And Abraham said, like, yo. He can't even come over there because there's... What, are, what are exactly did he say? He said, besides all this, there's a great gulf fixed. Between heaven and hell, which is earth right now. That that space between heaven and hell was is where we at now, earth. That's the great gulf fixed. 
He said, so we cannot pass from where we at to you and you can't pass from where you at to me. Because you would have to come back to earth in order to do that. It means you have to be born again. There's no reincarnation. Your, your, your family members are not coming back to talk to you. Sorry, it's, it's basically being saying it right here at that. We could touch on that another time, but there's a great golf fix, so he can't come down there to help you. And you can't come up here for no help. Let's continue reading, though, man. This is some real stuff right here. Then he said, I pray you, therefore, Father, that you would have sent him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moshe and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they will not hear Moshe and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So, this man, the rich man that's in hell, he asking Abraham, like, Yo, can you send the poor man, Eleazar? To go warn my father and my brothers, my five brothers, about this so they don't come to hell too. And he like, yo, they got Moses and the prophets. I mean, they got the scriptures. They don't, they don't need this person to come tell them because they've been saying it. Let them listen to them that's on earth already. He don't have to come back to earth to tell them. And he like, yo, even if, and if they're not listening to Moses and the prophets, they're not going to believe this man even if he rose from the dead. You know what I mean? People were still against the Messiah even to this day and he rose from the dead. Still don't believe in the Bible. They want to call it a fairy tale. Come on, man. It's, it's, it's almost no hope for a rich man or rich woman. It's almost no hope. So again, what you want to be rich for? Well, let's keep reading, man. We, we almost done with this section. We're going to hop in, and like I said, I'm going to give some examples on how money is good. So, let's go to 1 Timothy, chapter 6. Here we go. We're going to look at verses 9 and 10, and then also 17 and through 19. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, which is a trap, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And for the love of money is the root of all evil, while some of them coveted after they have erred from the belief and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So, says, they that will be rich or want to be rich is on the road to being rich and it's not by way of the most high. You fall into temptations and traps. You're, you're, you, you know what I'm saying is people then did X, Y, Z to get to the top. If you're trying to make it to the top, trying to accumulate all this money, you're going to do X, Y, Z to get it. People have a price and if people are willing to pay it, they're willing to take it and do something strange for that change. So they fall into temptations and traps, into many foolish and hurtful lusts. The, 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 the love of money is the root of all evil, baby. 
you doing all this stuff, many foolish and hurtful things to yourself and to possibly others around you to accumulate wealth. And it drowns you in destruction and perdition. Destruction, death, and perdition is just outright unruliness, just going against the grain all the way, just straight up just wrong. It just it's just gonna lead you into that, just straight up sin, just just that's all you're gonna be. And it's gonna allow and perdition also is gonna another way for you saying going to hell. It's another way of saying going to hell. You can go ahead and Google it. I had looked the definition up, but it just ran off my mind. But I do believe it is another way of saying going to hell. So, a place of eternal torment. So, it says it drowns you in that. And in the very next verse, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the belief and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. People love money. People don't even want to talk to people they ain't talking about no money. With And you base your whole life around money, then you obviously love money. That's your God. You can't serve God and money. So if money is your God, you're going to do what you got to do to get to the money. And you're going to pierce yourselves through with many sorrows. You're going to go through a lot. And you're going to be doing a lot. To get to that dollar. To whatever you amount you trying to get, you feel me? And it says that you have pierced your you have erred from the truth. You err from the faith and belief. You don't even believe in God as much as you think anymore. Because all you consume with is trying to get some money. And if you ain't getting no money, life ain't right. You can't you can't think of nothing right unless you're getting some money. You can't even be intimate with a woman if you ain't getting no money. It's 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 a terrible thing, man. People pass up on great things to do in life because they want to sit there and make some money, which is nothing wrong with make some money because you got to eat, you got to feed your family, take care of yourself. But it shouldn't be what your life revolves around. Don't sell your soul. You ain't got to be a rich person to sell your soul to money for money. I promise you, man. So again, what do you want to be rich for? You got to ask yourself. Let's get on over to these verses now, man. It's, you know, give that gives a, a, a better light towards money. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Look at verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. And it says right here, But you shall remember Yahuwah, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto your fathers as it is this day. So it's the most high's will and power that we get wealth. If we do it the right way, do it the righteous way to get some real money out here, he's going to be the one giving it to us. He's the one signing our checks. And who knows how much money he's going to be giving us. His checks never bounce. He give you that money. It's yours. And it don't come with no taxes. You know what I'm saying? He gives us the mind and the power to to make money and to accumulate wealth. So if he's the one that's orchestrating this, why not use that money to basically give back to him? Do something for his people to bring light and let people know, like, yo, Abba gave me this money. I didn't do nothing 
you know, that y'all would have did to get this money. He gave it to me because I would. He asked me to do. So just be mindful of that. If we out here, most of us are struggling to get make it financially. We just need to turn to the Father and see what it is He wants us to do to make it. It's right here in the Scripture. Let's go on over to Ecclesiastes, chapter seven. We look at verse twelve. I gotta find it myself. Unfortunately. Here we are. It says right here, for wisdom is a def a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to them that have it. So wisdom is a defense. We know we use our wisdom, knowledge, and understanding can defend us amongst a whole bunch of problems. Just being smart, being on your P's. And money is a defense too. It can defend you in situations to either take certain problems away, you know, that most likely deal with the world. You know, it'll protect you in those situations, but it won't stop you from dying. It's not going to save your soul. In fact, it's going to tarnish you more than anything, but it's, it's that's all it's really used for, just to defend you basically financially and whatever money can pay for. Because money can't pay for everything. And it says also that the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to them that have it. So if you got true knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that comes from the Father, that's what's going to save you and, you know, give you that eternal life. Yah willing. If you apply it how you need to apply it. That's what's going to give you eternal life and save you. Not no money. I don't care how much money you got. You can't take none of it with you. And you can't pay the most high for your sins for it. Because he don't want your money. He don't want none of it. You can't bribe him. So again, what you want to be rich for? You know, having money is a defense. It's good to have for a rainy day. But that's about it. Nothing further than that. People love money so much that they think it can do everything. Even buy happiness. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6. So it say, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening withhold not your hand, for you know not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. So, in the morning, like for me example, I go to work in the mornings. When I come home, you should still put your hands to the plow. Do, do something else, either a side job, a second job, you know, you got some type of hustle or business that you're trying to start on work in the morning at your regular nine to five. And then when you come home, work on your stuff because you don't know which one is going to prevail and make you successful. You know, monetarily, whether it be your day job or the business that you starting at night, like me working on these podcasts, trying to get this word out for the father or both. Excelling at both. You don't know, but you need to always work. Put some work in. He gives us a day of rest, so the, the other six working days, let's let's make something happen. Let's make something shape. We ain't got to be out here trying to chase money and just doing whatever for it. But if we got a solid, legit plan, pray to the most out of blessing, and let's put it into motion. Let's put some action to it. So, 
It's not a bad thing to try to make some money. That's why I'm bringing the scripture out. Work in the morning and come home and work at night. Because you don't know what's going to work out for you. Let's go on over to 1 Timothy. Go back over there. And we're going to chapter 5. First Timothy chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 8. It says right here, But if any provide not for his own home, especially for those... I mean, if, it says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the belief and is worse than an infidel. So, if you don't provide for your own, meaning like you got some... You got enough money to be able to like... Help a family member out, a friend out, or pitch some money to a stranger or something. Do it. Because if you hold it out, most likely going to hold that against you. And if you don't provide for your own household, like, you ain't a real man at the house. You just like the title. You know, but you don't really be in there holding it down, making sure everything is how it's supposed to be. Ran as a, a, a proper householder, most I should be. You're worse than an infidel. And an infidel is somebody that won't believe in what they're supposed to believe in. I had to Google that to be sure. It's a person like, so Arab, Arabs, for example, the Arab community, they are known to be Muslims. They, they represent Islam. That's where their faith has always been, in being a Muslim, being in Islam. White people, they, they have either Christianity or Judaism or whatever. Black people, ours is knowing the most high and reading the Bible and its trueness, being a Hebrew, who we are by blood. And we're infidels because we want to practice other faiths and religions that belong to other groups of people. Black people love to be Christian. They love to be uh, uh, Muslims. They love to try to be down with the Buddhist movements and Hinduism. You know, it's it's... We need to come back home to what the Father, the true God, told us to be. You know, it's not a knock on anybody. I'm just giving a definition of what infidelity is. Somebody that don't practice the faith that it belongs to their nationality. And if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than one of them people. So, don't want to be that. Provide for your own. Take care of your family. Take care of those around you. That's what make you a, a real person. And that's what you're supposed to be using your money for. Taking care of people around you. The ones that truly need your help. And take care of your family. And let's go on over to 2 Thessalonians, man. This is the last scripture I got for y'all. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse 10 and 11. says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you. That if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. So, this is telling you, we were commanded. If you don't want to work, you don't want to eat. So, if you got somebody that's around you that don't want to put no work in, they just want to mooch. Just want to be a, a hang around. Somebody that can just try to feed off of what you create and what you doing. You know what I'm saying? 
don't have that person around. I need somebody who's going to put equal amounts of effort into everything that we venture and do together. If we a team, we a team. We all going to eat. We all going to work. You don't want to work. You don't want to eat. If you ain't trying to work, you can't be around me. It's just that simple. And it says in the verse 11, there's a lot of people out here that walk distortedly. They ain't working at all. They out here doing a whole bunch of shit. I don't mean even curse on my, 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 my cast here, but they were they doing a whole bunch of stuff. And they not doing no work at all. They just busybodies. They just out here. They just in the streets. They just doing whatever they want to do. I know a lot of people that do that just busybodies. They not here doing no real work, no real production. They're not helping nothing. They just out here being a busybody. Getting to whatever they can do. To help time pass on because they just ain't passed on themselves yet. You know, we, we got to be mindful of what we do. Make sure we put in some good work and let our work not be in vain. Do it from the trueness of heart. Do it for the most high so it doesn't feel like it's hard work or labor is for a man that we don't care for, you know. Got to put work in. Got to make some money. Got to take care of business. Got to take care of family. Got to visit the, uh, the, the the poor and the, the homeless. To take care of them. Be a light that they can still keep hope alive. That most high still real and still care about them. Again, I've been asking it a million times. What do you want to be rich for? Because there ain't no real reason to become rich unless you plan it on helping folks and taking care of folks. Otherwise, it's just a selfish venture that's going to more than likely wind you up in hell. Being rich for what? I love y'all. You know, shalom to y'all. Pray to Most High. Allow this message to go out and reach a lot of ears and bless y'all understanding. Shalom.